Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, August 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Teachers and parents at schools throughout the region are in a battle over whether lesson plans on systemic racism belong in the classroom. I do fear for the state of of education. I mean, I I feel like we're at war for the soul of education within our public schools. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Kendall Crawford speaks with teachers about the debate over what's being taught in schools. St. Louis is seeking a piece of the $500 million federal emergency fund for cities and towns that bring in people fleeing Afghanistan. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is pledging to accept at least 1,000 Afghan refugees. Jones says she's working with the region's representatives in Congress to secure the funds. St. Louis is one of just 19 cities the federal government identified as destinations for Afghans who hold special immigration visas. They're available to people who worked with U.S. military forces. Jones says St. Louisans have a responsibility to help them. They were contractors. They were interpreters. So they were, you know, working alongside of our troops to help keep them safe. And so this is a debt that we should repay to them. The International Institute of St. Louis has already resettled more than 50 of these visa holders this year and is gearing for more. Leaders of Greater St. Louis, Inc. and the Regional Business Council also say they welcome the new arrivals from Afghanistan. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County officials remain blocked from enforcing a mask mandate. A circuit court judge has granted Attorney General Eric Schmidt's request for a preliminary injunction keeping the county from requiring masks in public spaces until the legal argument plays out in court. Local officials say the mandate is necessary to stop the spread of coronavirus. The attorney general argues it's illegal because of a state law limiting local power to restrict access to businesses through public health orders. The state is also suing the city of St. Louis over a mask mandate. The judge is sending that legal challenge to St. Louis's circuit court. Doctors in the region are encouraging families to create what they call protective bubbles around children as they head back to class. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. Local health officials say around 20 percent of new coronavirus cases in St. Louis County are in people under 18. Doctors say kids and teens are still being hospitalized at much lower rates than adults with COVID, but kids can still spread it to others. Dr. Kristen Soul is the president of the Missouri chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. She says the more contagious Delta variant is affecting more kids. You could go to any of our children's hospitals across the state of Missouri and find lots of kids that are in the hospital on oxygen because of the coronavirus. 25 COVID patients under 18 are being treated at hospitals in the St. Louis region. Seoul encourages families to make sure everyone 12 and older gets vaccinated to create a layer of protection around younger children who aren't yet eligible. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A nonprofit grocery store working to bring more fresh, locally grown food to South St. Louis opens tomorrow. Marsh Grocery Collaborative will sell produce, dry goods, and other food on a sliding scale based on how much customers can afford. Founder Beth Neff has been a farmer for 25 years. She says the storefront on South Broadway near Carondelet Park was once a diner but sat empty for years. 
when we walked in the door, the sugar canisters and the salt and pepper shakers and wrapped utensils were still sitting on the table and had been there for almost 10 years. It just felt like this was the place that we needed to be and that needed us. Neff says the goal is to make organic and locally grown food more accessible for those who usually can't afford it. The grocery store is partly funded through a USDA grant. Teaching race and history has grown contentious in K-12 classrooms. History lessons that for years pushed black people to the margins are now being challenged by teachers throughout the country, igniting debate. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kendall Crawford reports, St. Louis teachers are on the front lines of a heated battle over whether to talk with their students about systemic racism. At a Francis Howell School District board meeting in July, parents, teachers, and students pack into a busy auditorium. They're meeting to discuss the introduction of two elective courses in the district, black history and black literature. And some white parents aren't happy about it. Adopt curriculums that unite and do not divide. Do not. At that meeting, Many are armed with large signs now seen across the country. They denounce three highly contested words, critical race theory. Let's talk about what it really is. LeGarrette King served as an advisor for the course's curriculum. He's an education professor at Mizzou who has studied critical race theory. This is all about you know, teaching a true and more effective history in our classrooms. He says despite all the concern, you can't find that theory in K-12 classrooms. King says the debate is actually over whether teachers should address the nation's legacy of systemic racism. Teachers are facing backlash from addressing the impact of that history on black people today. The history curriculum teaches us that white people are the most historically important people in the world. That white people, no matter what history we talk about, we could talk about Chinese, African, whatever the case may be, white people are centered in those particular narratives. Joseph Kibler teaches U.S. history at Hazelwood West. He says over the past 20 years, there's been a movement to include more voices in history. He feels frustrated by claims that history teachers are promoting critical race theory. He says educators are providing a fuller history, not indoctrinating kids. It's not being taught in a confrontational way. It's just things that happened that weren't taught before are being taught now. He says by teaching multiple perspectives, he can help his students understand the realities of their present. So anytime we talk about a historic piece of systematic oppression, we always tie it back to today. But back in the Francis Howe School District, some white parents are concerned about this approach to teaching. Katie Rash has two children in the school district. She objects to a characterization of present-day America as systemically racist. She says focusing on race in the classroom only works to divide children. If you're saying that a poor white student has white privilege, well, that's not their life experience. I think that can be very hurtful to imply that you're a certain way because you're a certain skin color. Rash and other opponents want materials like the controversial 1619 Project out of schools. The series of essays and other works from the New York Times put black Americans at the center of the historical narrative. 
University City Curriculum Instructor Christina Sneed taught the project in her AP English classroom last year. She says the project was met with praise from students, parents, and administrators alike. But she worries the rising tensions over curriculum will keep teachers from talking with their students about the impact of racism. And those who are courageous and bold enough to do it anyway, I think that they are going to be villainized. And so I do fear for the state of, of education. I mean, I, I feel like we're at war for the soul of education within our public schools. University City plans to continue using the project in its English and history courses. As for Kibler, he says he won't go back to teaching history the old way. I cannot in good conscience go into that room and teach them a partial history where their experiences and their voices are minimized or reduced. He predicts he's just one of many educators who will keep pushing for progress. I'm Kendall Crawford, St. Louis Public Radio. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.